Well, this morning, I think it's the first morning that we can truly sing. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, isn't it? It's starting to look and feel like Christmas. Decorations are up. How many people have put their decorations up at home now? Yeah, some people still got their decorations to go. Um, Poor Sean and Ellie. Sean and Ellie, I think they are in absolute shock this morning. Give them a hug because they've just come back from Brazil and they are saying that they are frozen this morning. So uh, they need, do we feel sympathy for them? Not at all when we've had the photos of them on the beach. Um, I just wonder um, if you can think for a moment, if you have a favorite Christmas tradition, Okay, do you have a tradition that you do in your house or a favourite one? If so, just tell the person next to you, what is your favourite Christmas tradition? Okay, go on then. Okay, has anyone, has has anyone got a favourite tradition that they would like to share with me? Has anyone got any tradition? He only cooks on New Year's Eve, your dad. Nice, that's really nice. Fantastic, fantastic. Brilliant. Anyone else? Yeah. Okay. Everyone comes to you on Boxing Day. Lovely. Anyone else? Got a tradition? The Father Christmas coming on the way. Yeah, fantastic. Excellent. Okay, lots of things that we do. Um, Some are traditions that we all do. Um, Others are just random family traditions that um, maybe your family keep. I don't know if you've got any wacky ones that you you do. Um, You come to Shiloh Church on Christmas morning. Fantastic. That's a good thing. Okay, I wonder if you have... I wonder if you have heard this phrase, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Um, Do those words sound familiar? Don't be afraid, fear not, don't be afraid. Those words were given 2,000 years ago to a bunch of shepherds who were keeping watch on their sheep in the fields at night. However, I wonder if those words are still relevant to us today. Fear not. Don't be afraid. How relevant are they to us today? Don't be afraid. You know, people are so afraid right now. There is so much fear in the air. Recently in a survey um, taken in the UK, these are some of the biggest fears that people are facing right now. Not being able to heat their homes this winter. Okay, that's a big fear right now. Not having enough to heat their home. Not being able to pay the rent or mortgage this winter, or at all maybe. Having a bad credit rating is what people are fearful. A breakdown of relationship, that also is causing people to be afraid. And finally, finding out what you did or said the night before (laughs) a few drinks. Um, That's what people are most fearful of at the moment. Okay, then we have like all of our kind of individual and personal fears which are maybe like about our own health or the health of a family member or the worry about relationships. 
There are so many things that can cause us to be afraid. But here we read, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That is the message of Christmas. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because God would send his son and his name would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. And if you leave with nothing else from this morning, can I just say this to you? God is with you. Whoever you are, whatever you've come in with this morning, whether you believe in God or not, God is with you. God is with you. Emmanuel, God is with you. Who did this message originally come to? It came to the shepherds keeping watch over their sheep at night. You know the Christmas carol. We all sing it while shepherds watch their flocks by night, all seated on the ground. Were they seated on the ground? Who knows? Um, An angel of the Lord came down and glory shone around. Sweet chiming Christmas bells. (laughs) (laughs) That's the carol, isn't it? While shepherds watch their flocks by night and the angel appeared and glory shone around. Here is the problem with the Christmas story. Well, there isn't a problem with the Christmas story. Here's the problem that we've put into the Christmas story. We've made it all so beautiful. We look at the Christmas story through rose-tinted glasses. We've made it beautiful. And I think sometimes we've lost the raw power of the Christmas story, that very first Christmas. For instance, we've taken the images of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus and made them all look so romantic There's tranquility in their faces as they look at each other over their newborn baby. Any lady here who has had a baby, okay, you will know that when you have a baby, your hair is stuck to your face, you're a sweaty mess, you look disastrous, okay, the last thing you want is a photograph of you in that moment, okay, you are not beautiful, okay, sorry, I'm sure it's a very beautiful moment, but, you know, mascara running down your cheeks, it's not a pretty sight, okay, And that's in a sterile, clean hospital environment. This was in a barn, in a stable, in a smelly old stable. And yet, miraculously, they all have little halos over their heads. And baby Jesus has a beautiful little halo. And their faces are all peachy. And they're all clean. And their clothes are all beautifully clean. And they're all ironed. And they all look immaculate in that stable on that first night. And then there's the wise men. When they arrive, they're in coordinating colours, aren't they? Purple wise man has purple crown. Blue wise man has blue crown. Okay, we've made it all look so lovely, getting off their camels, holding their gifts. Can you imagine getting off a camel while holding a gift? You'd probably plop on the floor. Okay, there's that word again, plop, I got it in. I always say plop in my sermon. Um, so they were, on the, they were holding their gifts. The Bible doesn't even say there's three wise men. Maybe there was nine wise men and they were cheapskates and they all went in together on the best gift they could find. Who knows? You know, they were, it doesn't say that there were three wise men. We've taken the story and we've added layers and layers and layers of our own human tradition to it. Okay? And we've made it all so beautiful. And sometimes we miss what it's really all about. And we've certainly done that with the shepherds. Okay? They were not beautiful. 
I'm sorry if I'm going to spoil an illusion in your mind, but shepherds did not wear comfort-washed, fluffy bathrobes, okay? That's not what they wore while they were out in the fields that night, okay? These shepherds of the first century, they were not popular people, They were not popular people. They were outcasts. They were the lowest of the low on the social ladder. They were despised people. They did the work that nobody else wanted to do. They got their hands and their feet dirty. They would have had dirt under their fingernails. You know, that makes me, ooh, when I see someone with dirt under their fingernails. Look, you're all quickly checking. And my nails clean. Um, That they had dirt under their fingernails. So when they heard um, that the saviour of the world was born in this barn, in this stable, it wasn't a great shock. They could relate to it because they probably had their children in a similar kind of way. They could relate to that. I was telling um, Thursday Fellowship last week, that I used to know a guy who worked with emus. Long story, don't ask me about it. But um, the guy used to work with emus and he always smelled of emus, okay? Even if he showered and he washed and he cleaned, he smelled of emus. He couldn't get it out of his skin. It just smelled of an emu. And uh, this is what the shepherds were like. They would have ponged, okay? They would have smelled of sheep. You know, the Brussels sprouts yesterday, you know, they would have been smelling awful. Okay, they ponged. Yet God handpicked these people who were bottom of the social ladder to become the very first messengers that the Messiah had been born. They were the very first evangelists with that message of hope. And you know what? Today, that gives me amazing hope because it says that God uses the ordinary person to share his good news. He uses people like you and like me. 1 Corinthians 1 says, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Isn't that so true? That's the way that Jesus always worked. That's the way that Jesus rolled. And that's what I love so much about Jesus. He was always going after the outcast. He was always going after the people who were bottom of the social ladder. Think about that woman who was caught in adultery. Everyone else was bringing and pouring shame upon her. And yet Jesus was there right by her side. Think about the story that um, Nathan brought to us the other week about Zacchaeus, the tax collector. You know, the, the outcast, the guy who nobody liked. Jesus was there calling him by name. There's Jesus with hurting person after hurting person. That's why Jesus was known, given the title of Jesus, the friend of sinners. That's what Jesus did. So being the work of a shepherd, it was really given no importance at all. It was not seen as an important um, job at all. They were despised. They were mistrusted. They were thought of as being dishonest. They weren't even allowed to give a testimony in the court of law. Their, their, Their words wouldn't even have been counted in the courts. So in the Bible, it says that the shepherds were keeping a watch over their sheep at night. Nothing extraordinary about that. That's what shepherds did. They kept watch over their sheep at night. But something extraordinary happened. 
what happened next. Let's have a look at that passage in Luke um, in chapter 2. I'm going to read from verse 8. The shepherds and the angels. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, here it is, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So let's come back to these shepherds for a moment. They were living in very frightening and terrifying times. It was a frightening time. There was fear in the air. Why? Because they were living under the control of Rome. Rome had conquered most of the civilized world at this time. And so these shepherds, um, they would be wondering, the Jewish people as a whole would be wondering, will we ever be free again? Will freedom ever come again? Will the Messiah ever really come? And then suddenly, in their place of despair, in their place of wandering, out of nowhere, but we know it's not out of nowhere because God's timing is perfect. So God's perfect timing, right at the right moment, these angels appear with this message. Don't be afraid. The Messiah has come. Don't be afraid. The Messiah has come. And you know what's really interesting? When an angel appears um, in the Bible, they start with, don't be afraid. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Why would they do that? Generally, because if we saw an angel, we might be pretty afraid. We might be pretty scared and think, what is going on? Angels are powerful. Angels are magnificent. Angels are beautiful spirit beings. So they usually started with those words, don't be afraid. I think all of us would be a bit afraid if suddenly we saw um, this magnificent angelic being. And someone said, now I haven't counted myself, so I'm not going to um, put my name to this, but I do think it is true, mm. <laughs> that there are 365s, do not be afraids or fear nots in the Bible. 365. So if you are feeling afraid, if you are feeling anxious, if you are worried, there is one for every single day of the year. Do not be afraid. God knows us. He knows that we're going to be worried. Do not be afraid, God says, every single day. Fear not is the message of Christmas. But also, it goes on, we have a message of great joy. Great joy. Fear not and great joy. Fear not and have joy is the main message of Christmas. As we um, enter into this whole Advent season, fear not and have great joy. The message of Christmas is that we can remove our fear and we can replace our fear and our worry and our anxiety with great joy, with great joy, because God has come. We find joy when we learn to let go of our fear, when we let go of our fear and replace it with joy. We can have great joy and let go of fear because Jesus was born 
that little baby was born in Bethlehem. God with us, Emmanuel, in a small town of Bethlehem on that first silent night. Fear not, I am with you. This is the most significant event in human history. God coming to earth in the form of a baby. And for most people, they missed it altogether. They completely missed this most significant event that had ever happened, starting with the Rome. This is an event that would shake the planet. This is an event that we would actually um, have our dates by and our time by, the whole of humankind. We would base our time on it, on the birth of Christ. And yet Rome missed it. Rome didn't see the significance of it. As far as Rome was concerned, as far as Caesar was concerned, this was just another baby born, another person to pay tax. Um, That's all this baby was. Caesar had a very high opinion of himself, okay? He was, had a very high opinion of himself. There were statues erected all throughout Rome of Caesar Augustus. And actually, Caesar referred to himself as the saviour of the world. That's what Caesar called himself, the saviour of the world. So it's a bit ironic that they're out in this field with these smelly old shepherds. The angel appears and says the saviour of the world has been born in a form of this baby, Jesus. The saviour of the world had come. Jerusalem missed this event as well. Now, Jerusalem was quite a happening place in the time. It's quite a happening place to be. Um, Would they care about a baby being born in a little town called Bethlehem that was so insignificant? Not really. It's just another baby being born. Bethlehem was not held in high regard. It'd be a bit like a baby being born in, like, Leeu Island. Well, that might be quite a significant moment. Um, But, um, you know, where's Leeu in the world? Not really anywhere. Where's Guernsey in the world? Not really much significance. It's just like another baby being born. That was Jerusalem's kind of thinking. It was Bethlehem, this little obscure city, but it would play a key role in God's plan. In the book of Micah, it says, You, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Then Bethlehem itself missed the significance of this baby's birth. This bustling little town full of people, um, full jam-packed, we know, that night because the census was happening. There were, you know, probably other pregnant women. We don't think of that. There was probably other pregnant women ready to give birth that night. The inns were all full. There was no place for Mary and Joseph. Can you imagine? I was saying this again to the seniors. Can you imagine if on Christmas Eve we had a big carol service here? We were packed out. There was people everywhere. We get a knock on the door and there's a young girl, heavily pregnant, about to give birth. And we said to her, Sorry, you'd have to go in the container, love, because we haven't got any space in here. You'd never do it, would you? You'd make room. You'd make room. But that's what it's a bit like here. Let's put it into context. That's what happened to Mary and Joseph. But soon everyone would discover that this wasn't just any woman. Mary wasn't just any girl. She was God's chosen woman. She was God's chosen woman, handpicked to be the mother of the Messiah. 
So this was big news in heaven, huge news in heaven, but got totally missed here on earth. And as a little aside, I wonder how much that happens today. I wonder how often there's big news in heaven and we miss it here on earth. We miss sometimes what God is doing. Now, if you were God or if I was God and you had this amazing message that the saviour of the world had been born, I wonder who we would tell that message to. For me, it wouldn't be the shepherds. I wouldn't pick the shepherds to tell the message to. I probably would have gone to Caesar himself and say, hey, Caesar, look, haha, the real saviour of the world is here. You're fired. Off you go, mate. Look, the real one's turned up. Out you go. We might have told the high priest or someone who was kind of had a great influence. If we were announcing the message today, we might like phone up Black Vanilla or PR company or someone or get influencers, you know, get the people on Instagram and like um, Facebook and say, look, we're going to spread this news as fast as we can that the saviour of the world has been born. We certainly probably wouldn't choose the shepherds. We wouldn't choose them to go and tell the world, that the saviour of the world has been born. But that's probably why we're not God and God is God, because he has it all in his plan. And that brings up a really important point. Here in chapter 2, verse 10, it says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. To all people. I want to say this today. Christmas is for everyone. It's for everyone. And I'm going to change that round from Christmas is for everyone to Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is for everyone. He's not just for the elites. Jesus is for everyone. Look at the wise men and the shepherds and compare them. The wise men were the highest of the high. They were the highest they could be. They were people from the foreign country. We called them the Magi. They were skilled in astrology and astronomy. They were special counsellors to the king. They were very, very high. They were men of great importance. They were so high on the social ladder. The shepherds were so low. The wise men were so wealthy. The shepherds were so poor. The wise men were educated people. The shepherds were uneducated, and yet they all came to Jesus. They all came to Jesus. Jesus was for everyone. Listen to this. Those shepherds had a choice. They had a choice. Verse 15 says, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They had a choice. There was no question that night that they had had the most mind-blowing experience ever. They were out in the fields and they'd seen an angelic host who had brought this message. They had had a mind-blowing experience, this chorus singing glory to God. And they could have just sat in their field and said, I'm just going to soak this in. I'm going to enjoy being in worship. I'm just going to soak this moment in and I'm just going to stay here. Or they could have said, look what we're wearing. We're, we're filthy. Look at our filthy rags. You know, we're smelly. We're not dressed right. No one would want our shepherds around. Do we ever disqualify ourselves and say, nobody wants me around. Nobody would want me around. No, they said, let's go quickly and let's see this thing for ourselves. They were eager to get there. They wanted to see Jesus. And chapter 2, 17 says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone 
what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. Listen, you and I have the same message of Christmas and we need to share the message of Christmas with those around us, especially in this Christmas season where there is so much fear, so many are afraid. We have to share the message of Christmas. We all know people who are really hurting. Maybe we're hurting ourselves. Some have lost jobs, some are struggling with sickness, some are struggling financially, some are struggling um, with all sort of um, abuse in alcohol abuse, maybe suicidal thoughts. It's never been such a fearful time to live at this moment. We need to tell people that the saviour of the world has been born, that God is with us, Emmanuel. We need to tell people that there is hope There is hope. We need to tell people not to be afraid. We need to share this message just as the shepherds did. Just as the shepherds did that night. God spoke to the shepherds through the angels. He spoke to the wise men through a star. As I said, the wise men knew the stars. They were astronomers. They were astrologers. They studied the stars and God came to them in a way that they would understand. God comes to us in a way that we understand. The star led them to where Jesus was. How easily the wise men could have said it was such a long journey. It's about 400 miles. You know, um, imagine how long that would take today, let alone on a camel or on foot. It would have taken weeks. And yet they went. They went. And when they found Jesus, they were rewarded. And here's my point. If we put our faith in Jesus, Jesus will reveal himself to us. He will reveal himself to us. The Bible says, those who seek me will find me if they search for me with all of their hearts. And my question this morning to each one of us is, will you come to the one who was born in that manger so many years ago? and believe in him this Christmas? Will we believe in the Messiah this Christmas? Christmas is a time of gift giving. And I'm sure most of you are getting your gifts sorted now. Maybe some of you have even been ordering online while you've been listening to me this morning. I don't know. Um, Maybe you're getting your gifts all sorted and all worked out. Last night, I got my first Christmas gift. Shall I show it to you? Look, here's my little Christmas gift that I got last night. A little bird that sits on a ring. What a naff gift. Um, Anyway, no, it's great. Um, And then look, it's supposed to sing, but it doesn't. It just just chirps on my finger. There you go. That's my little gift (laughs) that I got. I don't know if anyone can make it sing. That's your mission over lunch. Apparently, if you wave it, it's supposed to sing. But mine's not singing. I need it to sing. Anyway, there you go. Uh, That was my Christmas gift, uh, my amazing gift yesterday. Um, But you will have gifts. You'll be getting your gifts sorted, shopping online. I don't know if they're going to arrive. Sorry to disappoint you. Um, But um, they might not get here. But you're getting your gifts ready, sorted. Um, And Christmas, can I say this? The birth of Jesus is a gift exchange. It's a gift exchange. We give Jesus our fear our worry, our pain, our sorrow. And he gives us his gift of peace and joy. He turns those things into joy. Jesus didn't come, as the Jewish people thought, to overthrow the Roman Empire. He came to die for the sin of the world. 
And that was what we needed more. That's what we need today. That was the greatest gift that God could ever have given us. That little baby Jesus, born in a manger, grew up and he died on the cross for each one of us so that we can have eternal life and have hope and forgiveness and joy. Trade our sorrow, trade our fear for joy.